This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Allison Lee Rosenfeld, the voice of Bonnie and Nurse Joy from Pokemon, Rio Castle, Riley, and Allie from Yu-Gi-Oh!, and star of Crumbly Kitchen. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Yes, you heard it right. This is the Prime Show on a Tuesday. I have decided to... I was going to take a break, but due to the recent viewing of Pokemon Detective Pikachu, I decided to jump on because I got a lot to talk about in reference to that movie. So we're going to talk about that in our talk topic of the week. Yes, it is, in fact, my review of Detective Pikachu. And uh, there's some a lot of interesting things to talk about about that movie but also i had to get on here because i really wanted to do this in dedication of a peer that i had the pleasure of knowing uh for the last few years since acmg was around and unfortunately this gentleman has is no longer with us and his name was jason terrell he was the founder of a net of a radio network, an indie radio uh, radio network in DC called True Radio Network. I don't know if a lot of you guys actually you know heard of it. He's actually made it to the air to actual live airwaves with it. He had a, he's run a few different podcasts with it. I've actually had the pleasure of being on or. Yeah, I would say that I would say in this case, the pleasure of being on one of the shows. But there were some situations that go along with it, which is how we in, end up meeting in the first place. But We've grown to know each other since then. We've learned a lot about each other. We've never, we always had great, interesting conversations. Uh, never agreed on everything, but we most likely understood what we, what we stood for. And that's what the biggest respect I had in him and he had in me. Jason was a man, a black man that also pursued his dreams of owning his own network. And he created the True Radio Network. And that's T R U for true 
And I had the utmost respect because it's one thing that we had in common is that we put in the grind to do what we wanted to do in life. And he did. And he took it far. He took it very far. I believe he even made it to FM, if I'm correct, in D.C. So that was absolutely great. He had a he had a crew. He still has a crew. And that that crew is still standing by him. And they're looking to continue the legacy that he's created, the dream that he's created in true radio network and i hope that that is the case uh because he worked hard to get them to where they are at right now and hopefully they can take it farther from there but it's sad he uh he passed away uh a few days ago a week ago and we just finally got the notice of it and it's sad because we just heard from him he his last comment online on social media was in may 3rd and then suddenly uh it was said that he uh, had a seizure and you know some trauma hit from that point and that was it and it's just really sad because we don't have a lot of good people like that and um you know we the black community is like we we continue to try to find our freedom in some form of fashion, maybe it not not in a sense that we're thinking like over 400 years ago, in a sense of trying to get that equal rights, that ability to achieve that that American dream to get through. And we also have a lot of people who take life for granted and not really push. They say they want to do stuff, but don't do it. Jason was a guy who actually did it. And you know, real recognized, real, and I think that's where we had our respect in, especially and that, and plus we were wrestling marks, <laughs> to say the least. And he, in fact, was an actual indie wrestler to some extent in, in DC, but he retired because he what well, he did feel fell ill and he couldn't he wasn't able to function in that sense, so he had to let that go. But he still was a fan, and he still loved every bit of everything that he's done and he he really he was a go-getter man and for that i dedicate this episode to him i wish him well in the streets of heaven and god bless you man thank you for you know walking my path and and, and coming my way and i'm very happy to have a chance to meet him and this is the part we've the thing is we never met outside of social media but it doesn't mean that you can't gain a kinship and friendship because that's what social media is supposed to be it's supposed to be you allowing yourself to introduce yourself it's not about making you know you becoming a a celebrity yes there are celebrities on there yes you have an opportunity to be a celebrity but that's not the end all be all and that's not what it was originally meant to be it was originally meant to actually socialize meet new people gain a closer camaraderie with America, with the world. And to some extent, some people have. I know I have. I am very grateful for what social media has done, despite the ideologies, and if you will, with it. But this is one of those moments. And I, I really, ACMG has brought me great treasures. Jason Terrell was one of them. Rest in peace, my friend. I wish you the best. And thoughts and prayers to all his friends and family and and please i hope that they keep true radio network going from this point because that's the only way we could keep him alive and keep him immortal in this case so tears in heaven to you man so but let's move on to other things we got a lot of news to talk about 
in the world of ACMG. So let's not waste any time. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. folks so let's talk about the final season of arrow technically this is the final season i know they got one more but at this point the way that they ended this episode it really is the final episode of arrow like it just doesn't i don't know what they're going to do next season but it i thought it was an appropriate ending i thought it was a good ending with a bit of a cliffhanger and i think at the t- i think at the uh 950 mark i didn't realize this but at the 950 mark of the show they kind of closed it out and closed the door for arrow and of what he was doing i did not realize at the time that it was like still 10 minutes left and i'm thinking that's the way it should have ended right there boom but for 10 minutes more when the commercial came back we managed to get to see how him and felicity get to live how they birth their daughter mia which you guys have seen future uh scenes from or future clips from and then totally forgot about this you know if you watch crisis on earth x you kind of you kind of remember where this is coming from and where this is going and also what's going to happen to oliver the monitor came out of nowhere and the promise had to be kept and therefore he had to take oliver in and this also meant his inevitable death and there was no other way to do it this is for the betterment of the multiverse and this is leading this is a great lead-in a prelude to what's coming in crisis on earth x so i mean they already written stephen amell off the show they already written him off the show and i mean that's just it from there we're we're I'm pretty sure we're going to see him during Crisis on Earth X. There's no way in hell. This man has done a tremendous amount for this. He's going to be a big part of it. I I see them doing a great ending to his, you know, tenure with CW and and DC. Because without Arrow, there would be none of this. The success of Arrow started all of this. And I can't even begin to thank all of the cast members of arrow and also the crew and everybody who put this together because it was just nobody expected all of this to happen in, in the midst of it but it did and greg berlanti also has to get a lot of credit for this but you know as you saw the monitor took him away leaving felicity to raise both the kids together and that also left, that also ended up having felicity finally get to the future point when they saved the city for them and left the city in the hands of mia and the rest of the new team arrow with felicity also making a deal with the monitor herself in order to spend the rest of her days with oliver once again so this is going to be very interesting i love the way that they ended this this is a great lead off to crisis on earth x i mean or crisis uh or infinite earth actually and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. There's a lot of people speculating what's going to happen. One of the things, and I think this is lead to be true, especially for what happened in uh, Small and not Smallville and Supergirl, 
And that is, I think Superman's going to die in Crisis on Infinite X. And if you guys have read the comics, uh, Crisis on Infinite X is a time-honored saga in the DC Universe. One of the best. I mean, before the Infinity Gauntlet, Crisis on Earth, Infinite Earth was the biggest thing up until that point. And that also, there is a infamous cover. I don't, I, I don't remember if George Perez drew that cover but there is a legendary cover of superman holding kara as in she died with them doing the gender reversal storyline here with uh supergirl and especially with the red sun storyline which they now call you know it's kara so it's the red daughter this is absolutely leading to belief that many speculated that it's possible that Superman is going to die in this saga coming up. And that's going to be huge because they're going to do the big scene where Kara's probably going to be holding Clark, a dead Clark Kent. And that's going to be huge. That is going to be insanely huge because in this world, in this universe, Kara is the stronger of the two. And, and in some other universes too, in the comic books, I believe she may be stronger too, but she ended up dying you know, in, in Clark's hands. I think this is going to be the reverse of this, too. So, I'm very much looking forward to it. They have not screwed up one crossover event yet. I have loved every minute of it, and I'm looking forward to this. But kudos to them for doing the great send-off to Arrow the way it did. It was very... I thought it was tasteful. It made sense. It uh, it allowed Stephen Amell to have his... Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark moment, I guess, or he will soon or whatever. We'll see. But, you know, I thought it was a really good send-off to the to the uh, show. And, you know, seven seasons, man. You got to give him credit. It lasted this long and has done so much. It has expanded so much. And even still, even more, the other news that comes out of this, which actually started last week on Riverdale, was... They are now teasing the Batwoman TV show coming to the CW. It just says coming soon. It just has uh, Ruby Rose, at, you know, donning the uh, the actual suit again. And I'm again, I'm looking forward to it because what we saw in the crossovers and the Elseworld crossovers, awesome. She did it. She made an awesome first appearance and a great first impression. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing that as well. So. We'll see, man. Ah, man, the CW universe. I mean, where Marvel did for us in the theaters, the DCW universe did for us in the actual prime timeline. And I've enjoyed it. I mean, I couldn't have been a more happier fan, especially a comic book fan, being able to have both of these different type of formats and enjoying it every day, all day. You know, now we got the DC Universe app giving some stuff. Now we're going to have Disney Plus giving us some stuff. It's never, it's not going to um, finish. It's, it's not going to stop from there. We also have another major comic book company about to be making uh, some moves. So we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But actually, yeah, let's talk about that now. Because let me see what we got here. Yeah, let's talk about that. No, let's talk about that in a minute because I do want to bring this up too. Um, this is something interesting that came up in reference to the review of the movie that I'm going to be doing, which is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. It has been talked about uh, and stated that 
there have been reports that kids have were traumatized in a theater in Montreal when they thought they were going to see Detective Pikachu. The movie was somehow replaced with the horror movie The Curse of La Landra or Lorana, which is like almost like a Japanese horror movie. This is horrible. I know I'm, I'm like kind of chuckling at it, but it's actually horrible. This is I feel so bad for these kids. But it one of the it just so happens that one of the uh writers from Screen Rant was at that screening and realized that something was definitely wrong when they started seeing trailers of the other horror movies such as Annabelle Comes Home, you know, showed up and he immediately knew that something was wrong cuz if you've ever worked in a movie theater, then you know, or been to movie theaters enough to, to observe, certain genres of movies also play trailers of other genres of movies like it. So, for instance, I went to go see Detective Pikachu, and they showed a lot of lighthearted trailers. The Sonic trailer, the, uh, the the trailer with the dog who keeps resurrecting himself. You know, they you know, some very lighthearted trailers to get people, you know, hyped up and ready to get that feel good moment or that scary moment. So if they're doing horror movies, there's going to be a lot of different horror related trailers along with it or action trailers. If they're um, superhero trailers, there's going to be a lot of that as well. This you kind of know that you're in the wrong theater when you see a horror movie trailer, not only just one, but a few. Uh, the children, after seeing the first trailer, the children started crying in theaters because after that, followed by a Joker trailer with Jack, yes, Jackie Wan, um, Jack Wan Phoenix's Joker trailer came in, and that's not really a lighthearted trailer to see either. And you want to know what came after that? Chucky, the new Chucky. You know, uh, so that and and for God's sakes, that has. Mark Hamill's voice in it, and if any of you, which is the you know the uh, the kind of six degrees of separation between the Joker and uh, Mark Hamill, so if you're hearing Mark Hamill as Chucky and you've known about how Luke Skywalker sounds when he's creepy, that is gonna that's gonna tear kids up. So apparently, the audience immediately moved to another theater where they could watch the movie that they were meant to see. The problem is at that point. I, I can't even fathom this because this is never I never had to experience this ever in my life of that actually happening. So I can't even fathom you as a kid getting to see Detective Pikachu after seeing all that. Does that stay in your mind? Does that you know what? God, that, that's 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 I, I feel bad for the parents who have to deal with that and try to have to calm their kids down. That is, it's like I. I wouldn't be surprised if there will be parents that will probably put on a lawsuit. That can possibly be very, that can be very possible if a kid ends up being traumatized by what they saw from that as a kid. Like, I don't know how they're going to handle this. You know, there has to be more damage control other than them moving them to another theater. Because I can imagine, regardless of Pikachu, seeing Pikachu and the rest of the Pokemon and everything, still getting that imprint of horror in their mind. Three trailers, three horror trailers. Are you kidding me? That's both of them. All of those trailers are probably like two minutes each. That's about six minutes worth of trailers that you're seeing of just hor- horrific type of situations. I mean, nah. I'm sorry. That's that's six minutes too long for certain pe- for for kids. You know. 
so I I don't know if this is going to be the end. I think there may be possibly some uh, repercussions. But here's my take on it. They said it was accidentally put in. To what extent? This is not a normal thing. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm. I, I'm. I'm having a hard time believing that that is actually that was a mistake. I've worked in movie theaters for like two years. I worked for AMC. I work. You know, when I was in when I was a teenager, you don't make that mistake. You just don't. You just do not make that mistake. Nobody has ever made that mistake. You've never heard anybody make that mistake. I don't think that was a mistake. You just don't. It's just, just don't. Like, everybody who works those projectors are extremely careful of handling the projectors, of knowing what they're putting in, and just looking at it. They're looking at the projector. They're looking at the uh, strips. And, and, and the film, actually. They're actually looking at the film through the frame. It's No, I don't believe that that was... That was a mistake. I think somebody, and I could be wrong. I absolutely could be wrong, but I just, in all my years of, you know, being in the theater, working in the theater, never heard of the situation ever. So we'll see how this turns out. Regardless, I don't see this become, I don't see this working for that Montreal theater at all in due time, especially days after the kids, see how the kids react to it to see if they, are actually traumatized I, I, I they need to really you know do something really good for those give them like a year's worth of you know movie tickets or whatever like that a season pass or whatever like that something that something needs to be done majorly to uh to do damage control for that other than just moving to the theater so we'll see we will see as uh things develop with that one if they develop for that one so i talked about another major comic book company making moves and if you guys remember netflix acquired while letting go disney they also acquired dark horse comics rights to certain uh certain properties one of which was the umbrella academy which we reviewed a while back and i absolutely love that series uh it was a phenomenal phenomenal uh series i'm looking forward to the second season i hope mary j blige is still in there because she was awesome in that uh series i loved her she was absolutely tremendous. And um, they're now looking to invest in many more titles from Dark Horse Comics. And I think this has been the situation with Netflix. I think that they decided that they wanted to make their own mark in the comic book industry, in the, in the, uh, in the comic book uh, primetime industry, in the, in the movie industry. They're working to you know use Dark Horse Comics, which is very interesting because if you compare DC and and DC, Marvel, Image. Those were the main three. Still are technically the main three. Dark Horse Comics will probably be a good fourth, possibly, to this. They were always known as the alternative independent company that's been out since the 90s. And they had an acquired fan base uh, at the time. It was more or less like a goth fan base for comic readers. Um, very grungy, gritty at the time. And this was around the time when grunge and, and, and gritty was really a hot thing too. So, but they were never like the mainstream and they've grown over the years to the point that they're able to, you know, get noticed by said Netflix and other companies. So now Netflix has decided that they have enough really good, 
books out there that it, that can be translated and transitioned into uh, a TV series or movie. They're going with it. So uh, they are working on a couple other projects right now. The recent one that has been announced a while back has been Polar, which is a Dark Horse project, which is also in production right now. And uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I look if it's any bit as great as what they've done with uh, the Umbrella Academy. I'm all for it. They did a great job with that. I felt like it really got into the fanfare of the comic, and I absolutely love it. I'm looking forward to seeing what else they got to offer in this Polar movie. It looks very interesting, so I am looking forward to it and see if this was an effective move by Netflix to let go of the you know of the franchise. So we'll see, because you know Disney's still making a lot of money with that Marvel cake and they're looking to make a lot more money but now we got alternatives we got more here so this is great for all comic book fans this is great for all of the streaming networks as well to give us a different variety of different things here uh dc universe admittedly while i don't get the service all the time i have got had the chance to watch a lot of their shows their newest shows um what is it i've gotten to see uh doom patrol the most recent episodes i've gotten to see titans first season i got i've had the chance to see young justice long awaited young justice all of them are phenomenal phenomenal series on that network so they have they have have they have value in these networks it's just a matter of do you have the pockets for it so uh that's that so we'll see from there i'm looking forward to it james cameron james cameron good old james cameron constantly speaks out speaks his mind all the time whether he is envious or not in this case he is opened up in a big way made a major statement on twitter kind of retracted back on what he said about said comic book movies in the marvel from marvel studios uh, james cameron went out of his way to congratulate marvel studios with a really cool graphic of the avengers logo sinking the titanic as a way of acknowledging their record-breaking success over his movie uh the image states the following from cameron it says to kevin and everybody at marvel an iceberg sank the real titanic it took the avengers to sink my titanic everyone here at Lightstorm." entertainment salutes your amazing achievement you've shown that the movie industry is not only alive and well it is bigger than ever signed james cameron this was actually said after he threw a little shade on the avengers in a recent in a recent interview and such so kudos to him i give him credit he he you know he admitted he was wrong uh he proved that there were still legs to stand on he thought at one point that it was starting to get a little bit dry and that probably had a lot to do with the dc universe not doing what they're doing but he i guess he felt he probably realized that that's just dc not doing the right thing and marvel continues to do the right thing and he realized it when the sales hit skyrocketed in the first weekend and then skyrocketed again the second weekend literally derailing titanic which is great because to this day, I have still not watched Titanic, and I refuse to watch it. I already know what the hell's going to happen, and it was just like, okay, whatever. And I grant it, the same can be said about Avengers, Infinity Wars, and and uh, Endgame, because you kind of knew it was going to happen. But within it, you didn't know who was going to do what. And you know these characters from the comics, and if you read this comic, you know what's going to happen. Titanic, it's just, it just did not, it didn't move me. It was like, all right, this is part of history 
with characters I don't have any care for, you know? But it is what it is, but I'm really happy that it both, it, it also top, I believe, should it have top Avatar as well? I believe, I, I forgot the, I think Titanic was second, and Avatar may still be first. I don't know if it derailed Titanic, I mean, or Avatar yet. We'll see. I don't even know if the second Avatar is going to derail, um... The the uh, the first you know the Avengers or even the first Avatar because I don't know we're in a state where we're hot for comic book movies right now still and that was I think that was his complaint there's not enough original sci-fi content that's really taken over and that's saying a lot because he recently also helped produce Battle Angel Alita he didn't direct it but he helped produce it because he was been involved in that project for years now granted as great as the movie was and it did make some cash it didn't it didn't blow us away i i said before when i reviewed that movie that if it actually did in fact beat uh if there was no marvel cinematic universe and that movie came out that movie would have made so much cash because of how great they that movie was and what they did for that movie uh i still absolutely think it's a great cult classic it's a great classic for anime fans it's probably one of the best anime manga translated movies ever in this case and uh you know, we'll see. We'll see how Avatar does when that time comes, if it ever comes. Because, God, it's been forever at this point. So, we will see. Uh, last couple bits of news I wanted to give my thoughts on two trailers that we got to see. One of them was the much-anticipated Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, which we didn't get a chance to talk about because it came out. They premiered this. I think a few days after the second week of Endgame and they were still wanting to make sure that people didn't get, uh, get spoiled by Endgame because the trailer does reveal some things from Endgame. So at this point, I'm assuming everybody have seen Endgame based on the box office numbers. So screw that. I ain't trying to hear it. We're going to talk about this trailer right now. The trailer starts off and shows people um, thinking about it shows Peter thinking about Spider-Man. As he uh, sees murals around, you know, his the city dedicated to Iron Man everywhere. He also is talking to Happy about how much he misses him. And Happy also says the same thing. But he tries to comfort uh, Peter by saying that he wouldn't have left if he knew that you wouldn't be around. And that was kind of the whole point of him sacrificing in game because he figured Peter was smart enough to figure out how to save the world multiple times and be the lead lead person that they need him to be i like the way they did that all around so this hints that uh peter is going to be one of the geniuses um the genius portion of the marvel cinematic universe i still believe that there's uh a possibility of riri coming in as well taking over you know that portion portion too i don't know how this is going to turn into parker industries if it will turn into parker industries and if you guys read the comics you know there was a point where Peter had his own company, which derailed Stark Industries in this case. But that was also due to the fact that Doc, Dr. Octopus took over uh, Peter's body at the time and just totally, you know, made a, he created that company. It wasn't really Peter. And it's not to say that Peter wasn't smart enough to do it, but he did things that Peter would never have done. And therefore, he put Tony Stark out of business in the comics for that time. So that was the thing there. But even still, it'll just be interesting to see how they do that in this series. So we also also uh, shows that uh, 
Peter is still fighting crime with the iron spider suit that Tony had made for him, uh, which then after, you know, catching a bunch of crooks and him making fun of some cops, he announces that he's going on vacation. Peter decides to that, you know, he doesn't want to talk to Nick Fury and Nick Fury tries to call him to let him know that he needs him. He decides to ghost him and Happy is really like batshit scared of the fact of him doing it. We also see funny moments of them going to Paris. We see um, Flash doing, you know, doing the dorkiest thing of getting a selfie and he gets nutshotted as a result for it, which is hilarious. Fury eventually does catch up with Peter, gives Ned the tranquilizer and decides to have him meet up with uh, Commander Hill or uh, Maria Hill, who uh, Kobe Smolder is making her appearance back on this uh, on the movie again. And also, we get to see Peter introduce himself to Mysterio, who apparently is said to be from another universe. And they are acknowledging the multiverse now, which is very interesting. Very, very interesting, because this could lead off to what's going to happen down the road with the new phase here because this spider-man apparently is supposed to be the beginning of the fourth phase of the marvel cinematic universe leading into some new uh some new talent so we're, we're going to see that here um fury uses spider-man and uh who informs him that he has he is more than prepared to take on a mission peter's trying to say that he just a friendly neighbor of spider-man and in which fury is saying bitch please you've been in space <laughs> so uh i gotta talk about mysterious costume you talk about fanfare you talk about giving us what we want this is exactly what we want when we see our superheroes from the comics and we see our super villains from the comics we want to see those villains come to life we not only get to see mysterio we get to see Mysterio with the exact costume from the comics and them making it believable and making us believe that this is real. This would never have happened in the 80s and the 90s because one, they didn't have the technology. They didn't have the costume design ability to do this. I mean, just the technology all around, the special effects, anything. We wouldn't have had this. And when they tried to do this in the 90s and the 80s, they failed because they didn't have what we have right now the cgi technology that we have right now the costume uh you know ability you know it just it just wasn't there the mind frame wasn't there to be able to bring this to life like we do now so this is the part when i see my mysterio costume i look back to everybody who were born in the 90s or whatever like that who never got a chance to see the crap that we got to see back then to really appreciate what you got right now because seeing this i guarantee you you would not be able to see a mysterio like this in the 80s or 90s or even the 70s for god's sake it just we just didn't have the the power to do that up until now so i am more than happy to get to see what we're seeing right now spider-man is also wearing a stealth suit we've seen pictures of this before which a lot of people are feel that is very reminiscent of the noir spider-man it's a little bit of a fanfare uh, homage paid right there the last scene we see happy trying to uh lead peter's friends mj included which by the way mj the whole we're going to see a little bit of a storyline of peter and mj kind of click together but mj also acknowledging that she knows that peter is spider-man and i love zendaya Zendaya as MJ, as this version of MJ is so cool. I love her. She is she is she brings a a different feel to the MJ character in this, and it's really cool to see. So last scene uh, shows Happy in uh, you know trying to help Peter's friends to safety, on only to 
see the jet blow up so they got to find another uh way to do it so there's going to be some action and some comedy as well if you've seen the if you love homecoming i think this is going to be phenomenal absolutely phenomenal i'm looking forward to it it's coming out in july hopefully this also means that my acmg members can get tickets early to see this and we all group together because endgame was just not hearing it so hopefully we'll get to see we'll get to be able to uh see what happens here and the craziness will die down a bit so we'll see we'll see how this goes and maybe i should start hyping people up right now to get them prepared to get them mentally prepared to you know jump on it so we'll see um the last thoughts i have is on the watchman series that's on hbo i don't own hbo i game of thrones i stopped watching after the third season and i was i just fell off and as of recent there's a reason to fall off apparently according to TMZ and the fans reaction to some of the things that's going on here but Ballers was another one I was watching there's a few other okay shows it just wasn't enough for me to really pay on a monthly basis there so but this may actually convince me and Watchmen what's happening here it looks very interesting it's just a teaser of things going on we see we see a gang of people wearing Warshak mask uh you know counting down talking about and saying the words TikTok, and you know you hear that all through the uh the, the actual trailer we see oscar winning actress regina king making her appearance in here and it looks like there's a possibility that she is not only in the show but she's also playing a vigilante hero of sorts or a villain we don't know but it's just going to be very interesting we also see the return of don johnson legendary actor uh, iconic actor don johnson from miami vice making his uh, return back in i love don johnson gotta love him he's going to be great on this um again as we continue to hear the words tiktok we also see other mass vigilantes make appearances we don't know who they are at but we do know one the ozzy mendias is back not as the i believe somebody else is actually playing him this time and i forgot the name of the actor who's playing him but he's a slightly older gentleman at this time because this is like the this is supposed to be based off years later after the events of the movie and the in the original uh, graphic novel so i'm looking forward to this this is something i may want to invest heavily on for uh hbo so i am looking forward to this i i I'm a big Watchmen fan. I love the movie. Yeah, this is a movie, and I talked about this with other members of ACMG because not everybody could get into it because it was so different. It was such a different experience, unlike anything you've ever seen before. I don't think, rather, people can connect to it or comprehend it, but if you really jump on it, some people are just not that type of comic book fan. Some people just like the actually bang, boom, you know, just the action pack, all action. Some people like great writing. This was a very, you know, definitive form of writing and character development. Something that just went way out of the out of the park. And now, and the thing is, the funny thing is, if you took all of like the characters from the Watchmen series, um, like the comedian and and, and Warshak and um, Night Owl and you know and Ozzy Mendez, you put you put you take them out and you put Superman. Batman and the Order Justice League in it. It was, I mean, people got to remember, it's just what this is kind of a big what if the Justice League just went completely out of left field. They did it with these characters here, and it was just, it was awesome. You know, Alan Moore 
did a tremendous job. I know he didn't like the movie, but I thought they, I thought Zack Snyder, it was one of Zack Snyder's best. That did a tremendous job with that movie. I love it. I even love the extended version. Uh, it, it was just really well because I've read the, the actual novel afterwards. And I was like, wow. Word from word, scene from scene. It's something rare that you get from a movie where you get to see the actual words in movies and panels come out to life. A lot of times, like with Marvel, what Marvel did, they just, it was loosely based on the universe. And, you know, some things were mentioned based upon certain things that happened in the original comic book and the source comic books. Um, but this right here, the Watchmen, everything, I mean, absolutely everything was exactly like what you saw. I mean, just from the note, from word, from word. Um, and credit to other comics uh, movies, too. Um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World kind of did the same thing. It was 90, almost over 95 to 99% of that movie was word from word from the actual uh, comics. So I, I love seeing stuff like because you rarely get it. And it, it just goes to show you could actually do that if you really wanted to. But sometimes they like to switch it up. And that's all right. As long as the writing's good, as long as the character development is great and the special effects and everything all around it goes right. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. So I will be on this. I will absolutely be on this. I might actually even check, you know, probably somehow buy hbo for a month or two i think i could get hbo now for like a month or two or something like that and um unsubscribe to it if i don't like it see what happens with that but um i'll most likely be keeping an eye on that show when it comes out so we'll see ladies and gentlemen that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and we're going to review Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Yes, I actually got to see that movie in no horror movies. So we're going to check that out right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Tom Gibbous, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And it's not a drag. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Pokemon Detective Pikachu. I got to say, this is the movie I've been waiting to see for years. The moment that I played the first few Pokemon games... The first thought of my mind, and with it being the phenomenon that it was at the time, and I'm talking like red, blue, yellow ver- uh, editions, more like red and blue because they were the first ones, with the ph- how it became a phenomenon back then, I immediately imagined, like I did with Transformers, that this could possibly have the makings of being a live action movie if they do it right. And with the right technology, just like I was just talking about 
in our last segment with the right technology, with the right power uh, of being able to bring this to life, this can be a great success with the right direction and care. And I am here to tell you right now, this is everything what I imagined and more. Detective Pikachu was absolutely possibly the greatest video game related, translated, assimilated movie ever made thus far. This gave us not only everything we wanted as a Pokemon, and I, I'm not as as hardcore as I used to be with Pokemon. Like after the first 101, I kind of fell off because I'm like, it's it's getting to me it was like overkill. I'm like, how many of these creatures can fit in one planet? <laughs> but the success keeps going. It keeps growing with Pokemon Go. It even grew even higher and further with the new game that just came out for the Switch. It's awesome. Plus, Pokemon Tournament, which is awesome as well. And I got to tell you, man, it is everything a Pokemon fan ever wanted to see. They managed to bring this to life in a way that satisfies everybody. And I mean, every if you're a fan of Pokemon, you, it's hard to say that you can't deny that they did a tremendous job, that Nintendo, that uh, Game Freak, all put a great amount of, deten- of, of attention to detail into this movie to make sure that it is exactly the way we envision it, to make sure that it reminiscence is reminiscent of everything that we all love about the series, the anime, the game, everything. It matched up perfectly. And as we cried about the Sonic trailer, uh, tr- uh, Sonic trailer that we just saw, which by the way, they played during the trailer, during the uh, screening of my movie theater. This is what, this is the deal. When, when Detective Pikachu trailer came out, it showed a lot of promise because when we saw certain figures, especially Mewtwo and Charizard and a lot of those guys, they look like the actual cart, the actual anime designs, the actual video game designs come to life with more detail, with more live action detail. When we saw Sonic, it was like this is somebody else's version of, of what they see of Sonic and not what we should be seeing of Sonic. It's like this has always been the problem for years. This is what happened. With movies in the 90s, this is what happened with recently Venom. You know, you kind of went on your own direction and not listen, not go by the fans' direction of why we love it so much. We don't know who the person, we don't know the direction of the person. We know the direction of Nintendo. We know the direction of Game Freak. And they gave us exactly what we wanted here. That is absolutely a fact. Everything, for, and what other things that made this work too, is that the other thing that really, really made this work is that you already, the story of Pokemon has always been about human and creature or human and Pokemon and the relationship between the two. So there was always a live action element in the making for this. There was always, you all, there was always a time where you are absolutely going to have a live action type of situation, a human interacting with this Pokemon. It's just a matter of, do we have technology to really make it look like believable? And we do, we absolutely do now. Whereas Sonic, I think the thing that, you know, is pissing people off of Sonic, aside from the teeth situation, is that we want to see Sonic in any of the zones that he belongs in. We don't want him to come to Earth <laughs> and interact with humans because there were no humans in that in, in the video game. They were except for Robotnik for some reason. Everybody else was rather animals. Everybody else was 
you know, it was the whole thing. Robotnik or Eggman was turning all of the animals into robots. And that was Sonic's thing. I have no idea what the hell they're going to be doing here. And it just doesn't feel like it gives us the feel of what we're looking for. Plus, the design of Sonic does not look like the Sonic we all know and love. And they couldn't bring that off. I don't know what the new design is going to look like, but we'll see. But what they did, the design of Pikachu, the design of all the Pokemon, looks exactly like the Pokemon that we all know and love. Just, they look alive. They look real. And they look like they could sit right next to you. Um, They did a great job. Even in moments when Tim was on the bus, uh, was on the train, and a Lickington licked him, and he got slimed. It just felt real. I mean, just interacting interacting moments like that. They just did such a tremendous job with this. Uh, Let's not waste any time. I want to just go over the story of this, and then I want to go over favorite moments and performances as well. But... Oh, man, this is if you haven't seen this, I'm going to give you a reason to point blank. So the story focuses on Ace Private Eye, Harry Goodman, uh, who goes mysteriously missing, prompting his son, Tim, to find to try to uh, find out what happened. At first, he just wanted to, you know, basically just move on with his life and just say, you know, just end the relationship. He never had a really good relationship with his father for uh, certain reasons. But he finds out later that something is up and he may actually still be alive. So Tim is helped by Harry's Pokemon partner, which happens to be a Pikachu. Not only just a normal Pikachu, but a Pikachu who can, for some reason, hear and understand him. And they can understand each other, vice versa. So that is a situation which will be revealed later on in the movie. I won't spoil it for people uh, at all because it's a really, that's the other thing. It was so great, greatly written. It wasn't like it didn't have to be Oscar worthy, but it just had to make sense. And it the writing made sense and everything connected together really well. Like they did such a great job. Screw the Associated Press, because I guarantee whoever reviewed this movie from the Associated Press was probably no more than a person who would who from the New Yorker that would probably review this movie. This movie is for gamers. This movie is for anime fans. This movie is for Pokemon fans. So I would trust the opinion and perspective of a Pokemon fan, not somebody from the Associated Press who would not have the toleration or would not be able to tolerate what they are, you know, watching and seeing or have any enjoyment. That's not their deal. I don't understand why people always review things that they're not fans of because you don't get a clear perspective of it. But I digress. So the two not only investigate the disappearance of Harry, but also this experimental drug that is circulating around Rhyme City called R. So there are two different types of mysteries. They all come together by the end, and it's amazing. This R drug apparently makes Pokemon go like batshit crazy. And it just it they go on to find out further. They team up with other people. And 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 Pokemon fashion. Tim does eventually team up with another character, which is a female character, which reminds me a lot like Ash and uh, I forgot the original girl that would team up with them. But this is the this is the actual Pokemon formula. You got a main character, you got a side character, and sometimes you get another side character. But in this case, they were just the main character and a side character with their Pokemon, and they're helping along the way. This is everything about the way they did this was 
exactly what you expect. They did the same formula that they did for the video game storylines, that they did for the anime storylines, and they did it here. It all makes sense. I love what they did with this. And they, this, the movie in general was just awesome. Let's talk about performances here. So we got, of course, the main attraction was Ryan Reynolds playing as Pikachu because the thought of that was just amazing. And so was his performance. I thought he did absolutely as great as you could possibly expect from Ryan Reynolds. He was very charming. He was very charismatic. He was There are a lot of funny moments with him. And you would never think to have the voice of Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu work, but they made this work for Ryan Reynolds, and they made this a Ryan Reynolds movie using him as Pikachu. It was a twist. It was a great twist. It was a very smart twist, a, an ambitious twist of a, 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 that... I think became very successful in that new. So he was just great all through the entire movie. Uh, a lot of great scenes, and we'll talk about that, great moments with him. We'll talk about that in, uh, in a few. But Justice Smith, I've been a fan of Justice Smith since the, get, uh, since the Get Out. It's the first time I've ever seen him. If you haven't seen The Get Out and if you are a fan of hip-hop, go out of your way to check out at least the first season. The first season of The, of the Get Out, of The Get Down. I said The Get Out. Uh, the first season of The Get Down on Netflix is awesome. It's like an old school break in B Street type of series, and it just chrono um, it chronicles the uh, the birth of hip hop and this fictitious type of uh, storyline. But Justice Smith is the lead character in that story too, and I I I love to get down so much that I brought the soundtrack, and he does some verses in the soundtrack that are really heart wrenching and real, and 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 it's it's he does a great job in that show so I've been a fan of him ever since then but he also was picked to be Tim Goodman in this movie and I thought he did really good I thought he did tremendously good um he played the role really well he wasn't too much he wasn't not enough he was just right for the role and I also like it because he is a he is he's a mix he's a mixed uh race uh character so you know, he's half black, half white, and they showed his picture of his mother, who's black, and his father, which you'll find out later on, is white, of course. Uh, because if I tell you who the father is, I would be revealing too much here. So, but uh, I, it, I thought it was great that they kind of mixed, had a mixed uh, race character in here, and it was, it was really cool. Brought a lot of diversity into this as well. Kathy Newton uh, plays Lucy Stevens. She's, I believe, she's in a, uh, she's been in a lot of different shows and uh, soap operas and such. She was okay. She, she was okay. There was a part of it in the beginning where I thought she was a little bit too campy, but she grew on me as the uh, as the movie went on, and she, I liked her character as well. So, I mean, Lucy Stevens, who played her, uh, who played her, his side character, and her Pokemon was Psyduck, and that was interesting interaction with the two as well and just seeing Psyduck in general was also great so so great uh here because if you guys know Psyduck on from the uh anime and the game more or less the anime or any of the anime um series as well you know how crazy that experience can get and they didn't they did not disappoint at all Bill Nye now, I'm pretty sure it's not the same Bill Nye, but it's Bill Nye with a Y. Uh, he played Howard Clifford, who is the the creator of Rhyme City and also the person who apparently hired Harry to research some things leading up to uh, finding Mewtwo. 
that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, he did a he did a really good job as well. Uh, it was awesome. Ken Watanabe was also in here too, and I've seen him in a ton of movies. Uh, he played uh, Lieutenant Hyde uh, Hade Yoshida in here, who was a like a really good friend of Harry's and a partner of Harry's. You know, in as a detective, um, it was really cool. Chris Gere, Roger Clifford, who was the son of uh, actual Howard. And that plays into a deeper situation there. What I was hoping to see in here, I was really hoping to see like a Nurse Joy or somebody in here. They never showed any of the Nurse Joys or the police or anything in here. So I thought that was interesting, but it didn't take away from it. I thought if they would have did that, it would have added a little bit more, but it didn't harm it at all. Not at all. But I thought they did a great job in here. It didn't... uh, Everybody else in here was just in here as there wasn't really too much of a standout because everything else was actually the uh, was actually just the Pokemon itself. Um, but I could tell you this. Whew, they um, the, let's talk about the moments here, because the first few moments of this movie I automatically knew this movie was awesome. So, you know how the movie Bumblebee came out the Transformers and it was like the first maybe 10-15 minutes where they all focused on Cybertron and everybody said right there and then regardless of everything else in the movie which I liked the entire movie but everything else about the movie did not pale in comparison with the until the first few minutes of the movie because they focused on Cybertron and they had and the Transformers looked like they Transformers and everything looked exactly like the way we wanted to envision the Transformers coming to life that's how this entire movie was. It was all of that coming to life, but it was the entire movie. You know, so it was awesome. At the very beginning, they focus on, they have a very familiar scene. If any of you watched the original, the very first Pokemon movie ever, which was uh, the first appearance of Mewtwo, it was a very intense scene where they were in the lab and the and his power became so... Uh, impactful that it blew the entire place up and they kind of paid homage to that in the first few minutes of this actual episode of this uh, movie and right there and then I was like oh this already this to me already is a success right there they I mean it was exactly like that they had the professors and the scientists in there you know harboring Mutu and this little like kind of reminiscent of the Super Saiyan uh, spaceship that they shoot out to different planets and right there and then they kind of reenacted the entire scene from the first Pokemon movie but this is live action so it was really awesome and to see Mewtwo in a live action CGI type of thing was so great I mean it's just just to see this it was I, I just exactly I was like I've been waiting for this for so long <laughs> and this day has finally come they were able to do it this is awesome so that was one of my first scenes that I love, first moments that I love. It's just seeing Rhyme City alone and just this mixture of a fictitious city, like they like it looks like a real life version of an actual city, but also there's hints of that fictitious world, open world uh, that you see both in the anime and in the video game, and it it just looks really cool. And they managed to splice both of those together to give it the balance that we need to make it believable that people can actually live in here and Pokemon can live in here. And the difference between Rhyme City too was cool was that this city 
prohibited any capturing of Pokemon, that they both live in harmony with Pokemon. Whereas other cities like the one that Tim used to live at, they still catch Pokemon and they still have Pokemon competitions. But Rhyme City was a is a world that is just it's kind of like the United States of for Pokemon. It's like they all live in harmony and and together and they have jobs and whatnot and they do things to help the community and everybody works together. It was really interesting to see. So um, th- I mean, this was just really cool. That was a cool thing to see. There was a moment in the movie where they're in the forest and they're running for the, uh, I forgot what the frog, Greninjas, I believe they're called, uh, Pokemon. They were getting hunted down by Tim and, and Pikachu and uh, the rest of the group were getting chased down. And this led to Psyduck getting, you know, uh, Pikachu trying to convince Psyduck to get a headache so he could do uh, a tele, uh, like almost a telekinesis type of move to get over to get rid of the Greninjas, and this led to the entire forest having somewhat of a what we believe was an actual earthquake. In fact, the whole entire islands are like legendary Pokemon themselves. <laughs> so there was a shot being fired by Ryan Reynolds when he made a it's kind of an inside joke saying about climate change. And I believe he said it in a way that he said, um, you know, well, this, I, I forgot, I forgot how he said it, but it was talking about how like, because of the way the forest was messing up and, and starting to crack and, and it felt like it was an earthquake coming. He made it, he made it and said that, you know, but how do you not believe in climate change after this? And that was an indeed, indeed a poke at Trump. That was a little minor wink, wink to people about um, what Trump is doing right now about climate change and everything. Um, Cause you know, it's well documented. He doesn't believe in climate change and everything that's going on is not, you know, reacting to it. So I thought I laughed out loud when I heard that I laughed out loud in the theater when I actually heard that. I thought that was phenomenal. It was, it was just like a really sneaky, hint moment that he just shot in real dead and just went away so i thought that was cool um then also the uh the uh underground fight scene was cool i love that which led to all of the r just spreading out all over the entire underground club and all the pokemon were going crazy this also led to a evolution of um goldine which was really awesome too so i mean you got all of these really cool pokemon familiar familiar uh moments in this movie that you are if you're a pokemon fan you recognize them on the spot uh they even showed the evolution of eevee to uh flareon and it was I, I mean it was just awesome they they did not they gave us so much fanfare in this movie familiar with the game and the, and the anime it was just great the but two big moments here was when pikachu fought Mewtwo and I won't give you the total just of why they're fighting but just to see those two at it and see Pikachu do his thing and see Mewtwo do his thing what an awesome climatic battle and again just to see these things come to life everything leading up to that moment all of the story narrative and writing leading up to that moment it reminded me, like, as a wrestling fan, I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, you know what's going on right now with WWE. They're not doing too well. The ratings are failing because they're not doing everything that we want. I mean, you got to look at one. You got to look at a movie like this. 
And you say they got char- you know, great character development. They're giving us everything that we wanted from this, from start to finish. It's like doing a term paper in college. Thesis, body, conclusion. That's all you got to do. You got a thesis, the body you're working in, and then the conclusion is a battle like this when you see Pikachu and Mewtwo. Not only did we see Pikachu versus Mewtwo in this really great battle, we also see Tim Goodman faces off against Ditto, which... When you find out how that happens, that is going to be awesome. And it, again, it was just the way they did things was just absolutely insanely crazy. Well thought out, well put together, just very carefully. I mean, they, they knew their fan base was really passionate. And they met, I, I believe truly, they met the demands of the, fam, of the, uh, of the fans. Like no other in here. So... And I also believe that they probably looked at the Super Mario uh, movie and was like, we're not going to go that route. <laughs> That's my belief with that as well. So seeing that and then seeing uh, Mutu explain what actually happens to Tim's father in Mutu, uh, which then changes everything, you know, to what it, you know, to what it's supposed to be. So um, that part is just, you got to see how that all happens. I would, I would want to say, I want to bring it up more, but. I would rather you just see for yourself. I don't want to spoil this completely for everybody or anybody, but this is, I can tell you now, overall, this met as a, I don't, I'm, 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 don't want to say I'm a casual fan of Pokemon. I'm a little bit higher than a casual fan because I know enough of those, enough of those creatures to understand which ones is which. I understand the difference between a fire Pokemon and a blue and a water Pokemon and a, you know, ground and the earth Pokemon. Um, I knew the, I know enough. I know enough, the basics of this. So almost like I had to study it in school, but I can tell you this now. Um, you're not going to be disappointed. I've watched many different video game related movies and none of them, none of them was anywhere near as successful as what I've seen here. I came out of that theater, very satisfied, very happy, amazed at how great this movie is. I haven't heard one, aside from the, the Associated Press, from actual fans, I haven't heard one complain about this. Not one. This is, if not a cult favorite, this is going down as one of the greatest movies. Bar none, this is the greatest video game movie of all time. And that was, it's easily dethroned Mortal Kombat. It's easily dethroned Mortal Kombat, uh, by far. So... Go out of your way to check this out if you haven't seen it yet. Don't I, if you're Pokemon if you're a true Pokemon fan, don't wait to. Uh, if you're a fan of this, you don't wait to the actual DVD. You don't wait for the digital. You get it. You get to see it now, but you also get the DVD or the digital when it comes out. It's worth every penny. Hell, I may go back and play Pokemon Tournament and play Pokemon once again. It was it's that much fun. So. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I'm wondering if I'm going to do a, I definitely believe I'm going to do a select start this week, but if I'm going to do another show this Sunday, it's whether, if it's going to be based on whether I go get to see uh, John Wick 3 on Friday or not, because I got a lot going on. So we will see. Uh, if, if I do go see John Wick, I'll definitely do a review of it on Sunday. Uh, if not then I might just wait till the next week after. But we got plenty of things going on. And by the way, I got a, I've got been in talks with ReadPop. Uh, ReadPop, you guys know who uh, are responsible for New York Comic Con and a lot of 
different cons around the world. I've well, um, I worked along with them last year in certain things. Uh, and I've also had Brian Stephenson, who was the brand marketing coordinator for Keystone Comic Con in Philadelphia. He is not this year. However, I am in tune with their newest brand marketing coordinator. We are in talks again. If you're an ACMG member, you may want to, and you're from Philadelphia, Delaware, or or, um, or Jersey, and you want to check out Keystone Comic Con, I think there's a reason. They just announced uh, Sylvester Stallone coming in. That's just the first one is coming in. They're going to be adding more, and... I can't say too much more about what's going to happen, but I can tell you that ACMG is going to be connected with this in a very fun way, maybe a bigger way. I mean, there's there's some talks going on right now. I just all I can say right now is this, it's going to be very exciting and very interesting this summer in August when they come back, maybe even more exciting for ACMG. So definitely stay tuned for that. If you are a member of ACMG, definitely stay tuned to this for more because you're going to want to, especially if you're in the Philadelphia area or the Delaware Valley area as well, because uh, this, this is uh, things are businesses picking up. Let's just put it like that. So stay tuned for that and um, stay tuned for anything else. I can guarantee you I am planning to have the new brand marketing coordinator on the show to talk about what's going to be happening this year down the line, uh, probably down in July. We, we're scheduling for July. They want to announce everything that's coming out and then we're going to talk about it as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking uh, with them again and some possible other interesting news is coming. That's all I can say. I can't, I don't want to jinx it and I don't want to hype it up too much because what was talked about was very intriguing for not only myself, but for ACMG in general. So, um, just stick around. We're going to have more to talk about. I also talked to Jeff um, Thorne. If you guys remember, Jeff Thorne is the showrunner for Black Panther's Quest. He actually emailed me. He's been so busy. We haven't got a chance to have that final episode review that we were going to do, but he contacted me and asked me, do you still want to do it? I'm like, hell yeah, come on the show. Definitely want to talk to you about that. You guys did a great job on Avengers Black Panther's Quest. So we're going to definitely do that uh, very soon. So hopefully sooner than later when I get in touch with them. So stay tuned for that and much more. Please keep supporting us, supporting all that we do, supporting the hard work, the grime that we do, because I work hard to have fun on this show. And I want to make sure that you guys have just as much fun as well. So please keep supporting us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, and of course, TalkTimeLive.com. If you want to listen to all of our exclusive interview, I'm sorry, with our exclusive interviews with some of the best in all things anime, comics, movies, and games, please go to our exclusive page on TalkTimeLive.com or type in TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusive to check out all of our great guests there. Molly Flanagan, Amanda C. Miller, Jeffrey Thorne, Ruben Langdon, Kyle Habert, uh, Tim Gibbis, I mean, you just name it. All your anime's favorites, some game developers as well, Yacht Club Games we just talked to, um, even going to Talk Time Live to read the interview I had with Yeo, who did the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. I mean, just, I can't be more humbled and pleased to be, to have all these people come on in my life and listen to the, and be on the show to talk about their lives and everything they do. So go out of your way to check us out, keep us supporting there, and we're going to keep it going and keep it growing of all time. So thank you. Again, Rest in peace, brother. Shout out to uh, Jason Terrell. Love you, brother. And um, between True Network, 
uh, True uh, Radio Network and myself. We're going to keep it going for you. So, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Avery Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>